Welcome to Five Star Weekly, another late game equalizer from the opposition. What can LA United do to see out matches? We also preview the match on Wednesday. All that and more coming up. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. Before we get started, become a member of the Notification Squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button. And guys, we've started a Patreon. Join us there for some fun tiers and some perks that are only exclusive to Patreon. But that's patreon.com slash TV, and join us there and support us from a grassroots level. So let's get into the match review, and yeah, against Philly Union, it's another... Just deja vu moments and uh, late game equalizers have been just our we've rooted rooted. It just it is uh, hella annoying to really see this match after match and uh, yeah you know this uh, just 80, 80 something minutes of like you know pretty decent play uh, and then you have you know these uh, kind of moments that just leave fans. Uh, leaving the stadium upset. I mean, it's just one of those things. But, uh, yeah, what were your, what were your takes from uh, this match? Yeah, uh, I thought Philadelphia definitely uh, played the better first half. I thought uh, Philadelphia was getting into our penalty area more easily than vice versa. Uh, even though Atlanta United had more possession overall, I think uh, Philadelphia's was more effective. Um, I thought the back line, especially in the first half, actually played pretty well uh, when you consider the amount of interventions they had to make, tackles, blocks, Guzan himself coming up with a big save um, after Philly had a pretty nice move. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought, that being said, I thought LA United did well to weather the storm. We saw a couple goals from set pieces, something that I've been crying out more for. Um, you know, we've been struggling to score from open play, fair enough, but the goals have to come from somewhere. And so I think uh, what's most frustrating is there are just so many elements of this performance that were actually good that we want to see from the team. Mm. And uh, it's not, they're not able to bring home the three points. And so it is incredibly frustrating. I think also the, the opponent, I, you know, respect Philadelphia as an opponent. Mm. Obviously, the last time at the Benz, we remember what happened. Uh, and so, you know, I thought it was a great response against a tough opponent. But yeah, it does, it leaves a really bitter taste in your mouth to not get the three points. Right, yeah, a sour taste uh, for me, indeed. Uh, it's definitely, uh, yeah, like you said, that first half, uh, I think, belonged to Philly, even though it was draw, nil-nil, uh, you know, at halftime. But uh, for us to be able to kind of uh, almost steal one uh, through not really doing too much uh, through the run of play, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, you know, for our first goal, uh, we get a deflection off of Zerbilko into the goal. Uh, we'll take that. I mean, it was, you know, uh, I think fortuitous, but you'll take it. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, a bullet header from Anton Walks from across from Brooks Lennon, who I think he's been, I think, early on one of the better players for LA United for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for this to be his first assist this season, I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit... Uh, it's a bit of a shame because his service has been really immaculate, I think. 
Uh, he should have had two assists in this game. I mean, yeah. early on, he plays a pin. And I'm, I, I said this on the fan cast. I'm going to say it again. like Because mm-hmm. I see people make comments about Brooks Lennon, you know, crossing and it not being that good. Maybe it's not as good as Julian Gressel's, but Brooks Lennon can cross. Yesterday, he hit Kubo Torres in the face. Yeah. Like... I don't know what you have to do. I like you know? in front of goal. Like I'm sorry, man. If you're a striker at a professional level and the ball is coming to your face, I'm expecting you to put a header on it. Right. It was like the cross was so good it caught Torres off guard. I don't know. I I don't know how else to explain it. But yeah, um, I totally agree with that sentiment that Brooks Lennon has been one of our better players, especially going forward. Uh, which you know, I don't know if uh, obviously that's a compliment to Brooks Lennon, but. I don't know if that also says something about the winger play that we have been getting from other players. So, mm. you know, there's that part of it as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's some interesting bits in that uh, that Ronald Hernandez just, uh, you know, scored for Venezuela this week as well, or on Sunday. And uh, so, you know, maybe he's a guy that maybe deserves a look, uh, although, yeah, we'll be a little bit light maybe on... Uh, kind of right-back position uh, in lieu of some things that also have happened uh, in the news, and we'll get to that. But uh, back to this match, yeah, 83rd minute, uh, yeah, just really pretty much as soon as we scored, we concede, and it's one of those kind of old adages, you know, when you're uh, most susceptible is pretty much right after you've scored, and uh, it definitely was the case here. Very, very upsetting, I think, uh, how, you know, just kind of soft our mentality, I think, has been. Uh, kind of recently, and so mm-hmm. that's something that I think definitely needs to be worked on. And I mean, but, but what do you think we can do to maybe see out some matches? So I was, I was, I have been reflecting on this, and I just wonder if uh, the team fitness is starting to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. Reality is, like we have been, we've had a fairly decently long injury list, like pretty much all season. Mm-hmm. Every game, it's like at least three or four players that are not available. I do think we're starting to see that catch up. So like the midfield, for example. Obviously, we know about the Emerson Hyman news, right? Yesterday, he takes off Ibarra for Franco, a move that at the time was perplexing to us because mm-hmm. you change the shape and, you know, Philadelphia pl- typically plays with a diamond midfield. We were doing decently uh, in the midfield before that sub, but mm-hmm. yeah, you make yourself light in the midfield, you're going to invite more pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we find out it was because he was taken out because of fitness issues, and then you look at who some of the other midfielders were that could have possibly come on. Well, Adams hasn't played a minute all season. I think maybe his first or second appearance on the bench. Right. Um, and then Hosetu is uh, not available. And, yeah, you just it's a, it's a whole flurry of, like, well, yeah, you just don't have anybody. Like, you just don't have bodies. Yeah, right. And uh, so, you know, either you might have to start bringing some guys uh, from the twos or something, but... Uh, or just, yeah, uh, pack in that midfield even more and yeah. uh, just make sure that you've got numbers and so they don't have to maybe work as hard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a flurry of things, I think, uh, and it's all kind of in hindsight that, like, oh, yeah, well, Hainsey could have done this or shouldn't have done that, but right, it is right, right. Uh, a strange thing. I mean, yeah, you know, I think we were playing pretty decently up until about those subs were made. And uh, it's uh, another, I mean... Uh, Alan Franco, he's not really endearing himself, I feel like, in terms of maybe the luck. He sure. wasn't maybe necessarily, uh, you know, the person at fault for any of these goals here, right. but it is, uh, you know, he comes on, we can see it. Mm-hmm. He plays, we can see it. It's, uh, I don't know, you know, it's maybe coincidence, but uh, hopefully he can shake that off too in terms of uh, that kind of, not maybe a moniker, but just that little 
little juju yeah uh, has yeah. been uh, kind of associated with him but uh yeah and then you know you just have a ridiculous probably uh a contender for maybe goal of the week for sure maybe yeah. goal of the year mm-hmm. uh you know this this uh this goal from Jacob Glenne uh their center back uh, which yeah, we just didn't close down uh, mm-hmm. well enough. Uh, you know, there's a player that is closer to him. Maybe Ezekiel Barker could have uh, closed him down earlier. Uh, Jackson Conway was the closest player really to be able to uh, do anything about that. He was late too, mm-hmm. and Glenne, he just it's a freaking bullet. It's just yeah. uh, Guzan couldn't have done anything about that. Yeah, uh, it rattled the crossbar three times, which is like, interesting. Ridiculous well, yeah. how hard it was hit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's done that before, apparently, yes. as well. Yes, LAFC last year in the 4-4 game. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, that should be in the scouting report, I feel like, as well. You know, definitely don't give him this uh, this time and space because sure. he will take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I think, like, that play is a perfect example of tired legs and tired minds, obviously, mm. you know. it's. Uh, but Conway doesn't really have an excuse here, I feel like. Sure, sure, that's true. So. That's a fair point. But, yeah, because it is the center back that steps into the space. But there's a lot of space. I mean, he takes two or three touches, and then it's just mm. like, all right, I'm going to let this rip. <laughs> yeah. oh. mm. And boy, did he. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, just... It's another one of those matches that gets all the fans, I think, talking to themselves, talking to all the other fans. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, yeah, it doesn't bring a lot of goodwill, I feel like. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, still uh, congrats to Jackson Conway on his MLS debut. Uh, that's great to see. Anton yeah. Walks, uh, he got his first goal since 2017, which is crazy. Obviously, he hasn't been with us since, uh, you know, the beginning. He has uh, had. Uh, you know, different kind of uh, spells with different clubs after that, but right. uh, yeah, it's uh, still great to see him get on the score sheet, and uh, that's the thing, like you were saying in your fan cam, the defense really pretty much did everything in this match, mm-hmm. but then uh, you just have little spurts of it where, I mean I don't know if it's fully on the defense here though, I think Guzan maybe could have parried away out. Yes. Uh, sure. You know, that could have been a little bit better. Uh, yeah. It's on the kind of forwards and midfields that they didn't close down. Yeah. Because uh, even on the first, I mean, it comes right off the kickoff, you know, so it's almost like they just slice through it pretty easily. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that first goal in particular is really uh, a total team breakdown, pretty yeah. much, you know. Mm-hmm. They just pass right through the lines, you know, goalkeeper spills it. It's, and, yeah. yeah, a defender is not maybe where... Uh, marking the guy who's open, and that's yeah. that's something that uh, really needs to be worked on. I feel like, but yeah, uh, yeah, there's these kind of hiccups that happen uh, pretty frequently recently, and I think we need to. Uh, I think if we see those out, be a little bit more secure in that sense of just staying switched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be able to at least like see out some of our leads, which has been very, very poor from us, but uh, anyway, we'll wrap up this baby, and we uh, yes, next up, we'll be playing NYCFC, we'll have the match preview later on this episode, but before that, let's get into the news, and the Unity kit has launched, uh, and I'm wearing it, clearly, uh, and I think, yeah, I dig it, I dig it a lot, actually, The, uh, the color scheme, you know, when it was leaked, Maybe uh, left a little bit to be desired in terms of uh, maybe from the side, but mm-hmm. when you see all the detail and see what it stands for, I think, uh, yeah, there's some good uh, 
some good things that are behind this and good intention. Mm -hmm. uh, although there is a little bit of a gaffe in here, but uh, basically, yeah, it was uh, yeah launched at the National Center for Civil and Human Rights in downtown Atlanta. Uh, they uh, are saying that this kit features 13 messages of unity in 11 global languages. It pays homage to the power of the beautiful game and its power to unite all people. Uh, this color, deep red and orange cements, kind of a homage to uh, the Georgia red clay. And so, you know, that's... I think their uh, marketing-wise, they did uh, smart things here, but uh, yeah. And basically in the collar as well, it says a city united, and a bunch of things in terms of, uh, you know, it says truth in English, it says equality in Swahili, freedom in French, all that type of stuff that uh, means really good things, except, uh, yeah, in Hebrew, uh, the repair of the world Unfortunately, some of the characters were backwards. Uh, so, right here down there, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, and it may have been the reason why some of the Unity kits, at least kind of around uh, late night, it was pulled from the MLS store. And then, uh, yeah, it's back on. But I think they were maybe trying to decide what they're going to try to do. I think they realized this is a limited edition run anyway. So they're just kind of going to go as is, and kind of these are all kind of maybe collector's items in a sense that, uh, yeah, it's wrong. There's an error on it, but it is what it is. And uh, yeah, in terms of the Unity error statements, uh, Doug Roberson said that uh, the statement from Atlanta United read, We apologize for the printing error made on the select units of our limited edition 2021 third kit. Uh, and that, unfortunately, the Hebrew phrase, repair the world, was unintentionally printed inverted, a mistake that we were not aware of until the kit launched. This kit was created with the sincere intention of spreading a message of unity with net proceeds from our team stores going directly back into our community through the Atlanta United Foundation. Our hope is that this message resonates and that this kit will have a positive impact in our city and beyond. So, uh, yeah. What do you think of uh, the error? What do you think of their message? Like, uh, could they have done better? Um, I like, so I like the idea behind the kit uh, overall. I think it is actually a pretty cool concept. Um, uh, I like the color scheme a lot. I like, uh, like the King Peach is my favorite kit. So, you know, I love the peach. I love how the peach pops against the maroon. Uh, I think all of that is good. That being said, the snafu is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> it's no other way to say it. I, you know, you know, it's just like when I when I saw that, I thought, how many? You would think that there are a number of levels or checks that this kit would go through well. in this, you know, in this process, and you would, you know, you would think that somebody would have caught that. So. Um, I don't know, like I literally don't understand how that era gets all the way through to the point where this jersey is printed and released. Because uh, it was, uh, yeah, like in terms of pointed out very quickly on the internet, uh, yeah. almost pretty much when it was released. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think you need to speak with, you know, representatives from each and every one of these uh, type of backgrounds. Yeah. And so that's, yes, I agree with you. That's uh, <laughs> frankly embarrassing. But yeah. Yeah. Go on. No, but yeah, no, I mean, other than that, uh, I like the kit overall. I also bought it yesterday. Um, 
and uh, I'll probably have uh, somebody do a design for me and you know kind of individualize it a bit. Yeah, shout out to our uh, homeboys at FTC UTD. They do great name sets, and uh, yeah, if you want to go check them out. But uh, yeah, anyway, we'll move on from that. And uh, yeah, this training kit uh, that leaked is interesting. Uh, very New England Revs uh, logo for sure, but uh, will be a training kit apparently in July. Uh, I mean, the design doesn't look that bad to be fair. It's just yeah. that it's too reminiscent. I feel like. <laughs> but uh, what are your thoughts on it? It's it's all right. I mean, uh, it definitely it definitely reminds you of the Revs. Yeah. <laughs> it it honestly does. But I, it's a it's a decent kit. I mean, like I probably won't get it myself. But uh, I like it, and in terms of it, you know, being different, mm -hmm. you know, so it's cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, there have been some other kind of uh, kind of United States flag related uh, training kits that have dropped, and uh, yeah, this isn't tops for me, but yeah, you know, it's a it's a decent looking one. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, a uh, rumor for Gabriel Hainse. Uh so. <laughs> He apparently emerged as a possible candidate for Fiorentina, this Italian side that uh, is fairly big. Uh, but, uh, you know, they uh, are kind of cleaning house, maybe also uh, new owners. That whole deal is making, uh, basically, they're making some moves. And uh, he could be one of the guys that is in consideration, Hainsey. But, uh, yeah, Fiorentina scout that was just hired, uh, Nicholas Bardiso, he proposed, reportedly anyway, uh, Hainsey's name into the fray. And so, you know, that's kind of where that's coming from. Uh, whether there's a whole lot of truth to the rumor or not, I mean, I know, uh, you know, Tanner, he had something to say about Hainsey and that if he gets an offer from a top side in Europe, that he would no doubt go. And, uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, well, I agree, I agree with that sentiment completely. I mean, there's precedent for that in the league. Both NYC FC and uh, Red Bulls uh, have had coaches leave them in the middle of the summer because that's Atribuera, just yeah Marsh. exactly, yeah. and that's the best time to go to Europe, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so my feeling is, uh, yeah, if Fiorentina offer him that job, he's gone. That's you know that's just that's just the long and short of it. There's just no reason for him to pass up that opportunity now, especially if you know, and depending on how you feel about uh, the reports about Bocanegra and all that. But if that relationship is not rock solid, then, you know, it's even more incentive for him to just go ahead and jump ship now. Mm. Um, the one, I think the optimism here is that Fiorentina theoretically would have, uh, I guess, more experienced candidates, especially in the, in the European circuit. Mm. Um, you know, you would figure they would uh, consider Italian coaches first, as Serie A teams tend to do. Mm. But... The thing about Fiorentina is they're they're a big club, they're a notable club, but they're not a like they don't have super high expectations. They're not in the top four every year, for example. And so I think uh, I could see them being maybe uh, taking a more proactive approach and saying, "Look, we want to go against the grain a little bit. We, you know, we want to hire outside the box. Uh, we want to, you know, a lot of some Italian teams now are considering maybe." changing uh the way italian teams are traditionally placed i mean that's sure. why juventus that's part of the reason why juventus hired uh pirlo although that obviously didn't work out for right. more than one season but that's what pirlo tried to do mm -hmm. uh so you know i i feel i'm a, i'm on the fence about this rumor in the sense of its possibility because mm -hmm. i could see how it wouldn't happen and i could see how it would yeah and uh there is that like uh Hainsey, 
Um, you know, he has basically every reason maybe to uh, head to Europe, if that is the case as well. Maybe following in, uh, you know, Marcelo Bielsa's kind of steed of uh, those type of clubs that maybe aren't the top, top clubs, but if you can bring them from, you know, the dredges of the division, you know, back into uh, the limelight that they're used to then you're hailed as a hero yeah the expectations here are a lot higher and he has to meet those expectations uh, plus you have mls salary structure rules yes. and things as hindrances possibly yes uh and then yeah fiorentina would have to probably uh you know give us some sort of transfer fee or something uh as well because yeah you know hansa is signed for two years so yeah you know uh it could be very interesting uh, if that uh, does come to fruition, and uh, but yeah, Radio Bruno Toscana is the uh, the source of this. We'll see if there's uh, any truth to any of this. But moving on from that, Miles Robinson, George Bella, and Brad Guzan they make the U.S. Men's National Team preliminary Gold Cup roster, uh, as does Ezekiel Parco for the Argentina U23s uh, for the Olympic Games in July in Tokyo. And, uh, yeah, if all this happens in uh, July, we are uh, we're kind of fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, it would make the uh, the left-back rumors would make sense, I think, in that regard for sure. Um, you know, I, I said this on Twitter, but uh, assuming Miles Robinson is called up by the national team, which I think he should be, um, Alan Franco is just going to have to play, and we're just going to find out, you know. Um, in terms of Guzan... I'd actually like to see Ali Khan, I think, get a run with the first team. He's been doing well with the twos. You know, he's a good steward. I think he's actually a pretty solid goalkeeper. And let's not forget, he was our initial goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to see Khan get a run with, uh, with the first team. And then uh, Rocco Riosnova can get a run with the twos. You know, so I think it kind of works out in that regard. But, yeah. Uh, and then, oh, but Barco leaving for the U23s. Again, I think that's a move. Yeah, he should do that. You know, he should play at the Olympics. That's probably going to help his transfer value. That's just going to be tough to deal with, though, especially if the health of this roster does not improve. You know, I just, I, I, I'm sorry for beating a dead horse, but I just think we really need to sign an attacking player or make some sort of big signing because this season is going to be rough if we don't. Yeah, especially on our current run of form and uh, going into... So, even if we pick up our form uh, the rest of this month, and then, well, July starts, and, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much don't have the guys that are, uh, you know, keeping us in form. Okay, well, uh, yeah, we're going to have some issues, maybe. So, uh, yeah. you know, we, uh, yeah, we need to make some reinforcements fast, yes. please. But, anyway, moving on from that... Uh, after the match, unfortunately, Anton Walks received racial abuse on his Instagram in the form of uh, some very unsavory emojis. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous that this is still happening in this day and age. In 2021, I mean, uh, whether it was from a real account or not, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the fact that somebody is, uh, you know, trying to... Pretty much, uh, still bring a message of hate, and it's uh, absolutely fucking ridiculous, and it needs to stop. It needs to stop today. But yeah, I feel for Walks. Uh, I sent him a personal message saying like I'm appalled. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, you know it's terrible that this is still happening. And please, uh, yeah, educate yourselves if uh, you. St- have the inkling to want to put these type of uh, messages out there, but uh, if you have any thoughts on it, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so, you know, racism, yes, obviously, like, our society has proved in, improved in a lot of ways in terms of racism, but it's never really left, and I think, like, with social media and such, they found new ways to spread their message and antagonize uh, individuals, and it's just, it is, it is sad, it's ridiculous. To do that, I think the weekend of Juneteenth is a deliberate choice. Um, Anton Walks obviously has been involved with uh, Black Players for Change, which I uh, applaud completely. And yeah, it's just cowardly, you know, anonymous account, that whole that whole deal, no avatar, all of that. It's just it's so cowardly. Um, but it's not, you know, we'll keep keeping on. That's yeah. not going to stop us. Exactly. Uh, the message the message stands, and uh, as well. Uh, with that TIFO that was, uh, you know, just keep that same energy. It's pretty much, you know, let's just keep uh, making sure that, um, you know, the right messages get put out there and then that these things are stamped down. But uh, moving on from that, Atlanta United 2 fell 1 0 to Memphis 901 uh, to our old friend Laurent Kisidou. Unfortunately, he, uh, yeah. He uh, scored a pretty decent goal there against LA United too, but uh, Rocco Rios Nova had a season high six saves, and LA United homegrown, new homegrown Bryce Washington made his professional debut. So great on that. Uh, the next game for the twos is against OKC Energy. Uh, that will be June 27th, uh, and that'll be at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. But uh, also, in kind of regards to a little bit of that in USL Championship uh, news in that uh, regard. MLS, they announced that a new league uh, in 22 will be uh, coming forth. It will uh, complete the player pathway from youth development from MLS Next uh, to the professional ranks, and it will pretty much bring uh, kind of soccer to some of the lesser uh, known cities that do not currently have a professional soccer team. So uh, it will be about 20 MLS clubs and the potential for some independently owned and operated teams to join as well. So uh, interesting, really interesting indeed. Uh, I don't know if, uh, yeah, that sours the relationship between them and USL, but uh, it might, it probably will. And uh, well, you know, MLS, they're trying to keep it all contained. So I get that. Yeah. The, um, the <laughs> whole deal about uh, may possibly allowing teams to join, uh, it's like a soft promotion relegation type mm -hmm. of model, but not quite. I mean, like, what, is it going to be like a franchise fee type of situation again? Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I do like about this is bringing professional soccer to cities that don't have them. Because, mm -hmm. you know, there's just a lot of American cities. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, like, if you compare it to, like, English cities, you know, English towns, a lot, a lot smaller towns have soccer teams in yep. England. So, mm -hmm. you know, I do, I've always felt like that's something we could pull off here in some form. Mm -hmm. Is this the way to go about it? Eh. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, uh, that wraps it up for the news and gets us into the match preview. So Wednesday against NYCFC, it will be at Red Bull Arena. <laughs> uh, <hilarious. laughs> uh, but at 7.30, it will be uh, that kickoff time. Number nine, us, takes on number seven, uh, them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, year one of the Ronnie De La era for NYCFC. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, well, last year was. But anyway, expectations they remain high for year two. Uh, and then, yeah, there's been a little bit of an off-season makeover, but largely still 
they uh, are a very strong team, and so we will still have our hands full. Uh, although most of the pundits and whatnot have them pretty much around uh, the six to nine uh, kind of finishing in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, still a maybe playoff bound team, possibly. Right. Uh, they'll just have to put it all together. Kind of, they have some questions, kind of like we do. A little yeah. Bit. But uh, yeah, they last season finished fifth in the Eastern Conference. They uh, obviously made the playoffs. Uh, they were eliminated by Orlando City, uh, and they were in the CCL, and they were eliminated in the quarterfinals by Tigris. So, uh, yeah, they've uh, had a, a rough go of things, I would say, a little bit uh, in some of the kind of tournament form. But uh, let's get into the key acquisitions. Mark, take it away. Sure. So they, uh, with their key acquisitions, they addressed the left-back position. They acquired uh, Malti Amundsen, Danish Youth International, uh, and they acquired Chris Gossler, another left-back, a U.S. Youth International. Uh, Gossler was signed from PSV, so, you know, obviously it comes with some European experience. Uh, Amundsen also, of course, came from Europe. Uh, not as big clubs. Rosenberg, maybe, you know, if you've uh, followed Champions League football, they've made a couple appearances over the last 10 years. Uh, but yeah, uh, in terms of key losses, they lost Alex Ring, very familiar name, holding midfielder. Uh, Austin FC required him in a blockbuster trade, and that appears to be working out pretty decently so far. Um, they do still have a, a strong midfield, uh, so I guess that's part of the reason why they did not bother to bring in another midfielder quite yet. Uh, Ronald Matarita, however, their longtime left back, has also left. Uh, he was traded to FC Cincinnati. Maybe that move isn't quite working out as well for them. That's probably more of a Cincinnati thing. But anyway. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. But, uh, yes, so uh, getting into the strengths of this team. Uh, yeah, they've been one of the best teams in the league uh, for a while. And uh, yeah, while most of the team is still in their prime, uh, it is, uh, you know, they're a team that still pretty much doesn't have a lot of weak links. So that's really fantastic for them. Uh, Weaknesses-wise... Uh, yeah, Morales, he's, yeah, he is 34, uh, and so there has been a little bit of that, uh, type of, um, old man age maybe catching up to you, old man age, I mean, in MLS, <laughs> but, uh, you know, still either way, uh, but, yeah, the fact is, uh, there's still a pretty, uh, you know, in terms of starting 11, uh, a strong team, but depth-wise, maybe a little light, and so, uh, maybe that's where... With these type of uh, midweek matches, maybe we can kind of take advantage of. But yeah. uh, into the series matchup, we last played them in 2019 on September 26th uh, to a 4-1 loss. Uh, Remember yeah. that one. Yeah, that uh, was a tough one to swallow. But in between uh, all that, the matches uh, from the two clubs, we've won three, they've won one, uh, and there have been two draws, our 10 goals to their nine goals. So uh, it's been... Fairly one-sided a little bit, yep. but uh, we still, did eliminate them in 2018. We did, we did. But uh, in their current form, uh, doing pretty well, uh, at least uh, a little bit uh, better than us, anyway. Uh, two wins, two draws, and two losses in their last six. Us, we've drawn our last three, and we've only got one win in our last six. So uh, yeah, we're uh, definitely we need we need some uh, kind of more consistent good results yeah, yeah but uh yeah and uh their last match they lost 3-2 to the table toppers new england revolution so uh, probably no shame in that but still just uh 
yeah, really. What are the revolution doing, man? What's, yeah, I, what's, what's in their water right now? It doesn't now? make sense. They're like head and shoulders above the rest of the East right now. Yeah. I don't get it. Oh my God, they're like five points ahead of uh, Orlando City. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But either way, anyway, uh, yeah, let's get into uh, our players to watch for them. Yep. Uh, so uh, the aforementioned Max Morales, even at age thirty-four, still one of their uh, key players. Their uh, creative uh, talisman. Uh, now he did only make ten starts in twenty twenty. Uh, so, you know, maybe the age catching up to him a little bit, but if he is able to stay healthy, you know, you figure he'll be a key player. We expect to see him on uh, Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. uh, home, uh right back, you know, another familiar name, kind of an annoying opponent for some people. But, uh, you know, you kind of figure his role now even takes on more importance with Maturita on the left being gone. Uh, and then you have a bear who's not going to feature Wednesday night because he's still recovering from an ACL tear. Uh, but yeah, one of you know their main forward, their main goal getter. So uh, you know, this uh, might be an opportunity for us to get a good result, maybe even a win. Indeed. And so speaking of that, uh, in terms of injuries, yes, Ed Bear is out. Uh, Alexander Callens also is out as well as Gideon Zalalem, the former Arsenal uh, Academy product. There, uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Kind of strange to see him, uh, you know, pick up with NYCFC, but anyway. Uh, yeah, in terms of out for us, Jose Martinez out for international duty and possibly COVID. It's still not official, but uh, pretty much, uh, I think you kind of... He didn't surmise. play, like... Yeah, he hasn't been part of the squads. <laughs> he probably, yeah, unfortunately. That's, right. Uh, hopefully, yeah, if he, uh, you know, doesn't have any sort of symptoms, yeah. seemingly from his post... He's been fine. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Emerson Hyman, of course, out with ACL. Hosetu also probably out with a lower body injury. Uh, questionable would be Machok Chol with the lower body. Uh, Mo Adams, uh, although he's been part of the squad, uh, we'll see if he can continue uh, to be part of the squad as well. And then Jurgen Dom, uh, he's, they've all been training, but it's just a matter of how fit are they. So we'll find out. But uh, in terms of how NYCFC play, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more of a 4-2-3-1 type of deal. Uh, Castellanos probably more of the guy up top, uh, and Morales, of course, is that guy in the middle pulling the strings. But getting into our predicted starting 11, then let's go through the lines. Goose, of course. Yep. But uh, who's in your back line? So I'm going to make uh, an audible here, actually. Uh, this is not what I wrote down. But uh, from right to left, I have us in the back four. Uh, I have Walks at right back, Robinson, I think Alan Franco makes a start, and I think Bello retains his spot at left back. So wait, Walks at right back? Yes. Interesting. Yes. I okay. just, uh, you know, because the fitness thing, it's, I really do think it's catching up, and I think he's uh, going to be forced into some rotation. Mm. We've seen Alan Franco getting little chances here and there. Mm. I think he'll end up getting the start. On okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of rotation, but um, yeah, for me, it's Lennon, Robinson, Walks, and also Mikey Ambrose instead of George Bello. Uh, yeah, I think we need to protect our young kid just slightly, a little bit, not uh, push him too hard. Uh, although, yeah, I mean, I could also see him maybe starting uh, Bello starting and then maybe taking him off like 60th minute or something like that. Sure. Um, but. You know, Lennon as well. Yeah, I think there needs to be yeah a little bit of spelling him as well here. But mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how we can do that. Getting into midfields, what do you got? 
So three-man three midfield, it's pretty much who's available. <laughs> Sosa, uh, I don't think Ibarra will start since he was taken off because of uh, fitness. Uh, so I, th I have Moreno in there. I think he'll play a deeper role while Barco will be, uh, you know, kind of breaking the lines, being that sort of number eight. Well, yeah, uh, that's a very aggressive midfield, but uh, yeah. uh, it makes sense to me. Uh, for me, I think Ibarra, it, we'll find out if there are any like uh, actual issues. But uh, for me, he'll start. Uh, and Sosa and Moreno. Um, yeah, Moreno and Barco, they kind of interchanged a little bit uh, throughout the match. But I think uh, Moreno is still more of the kind of midfielder that I would put in there in the middle. But uh, let's get into the forwards then. Yep. And uh, this is where my audible comes into play. So I think Lennon is going to start at right, at right wing. Mm. Uh, alluding to my earlier comment, like, you know. He's, I think he's pretty effective going forward. Uh, I think he's a good crosser. And so, yeah, uh, I have Lennon on the right, Kubo in the middle, and Eric Lopez on the left. Okay. Um, I think it's Mulraney on the right for me, and then uh, Barco on the left here. Uh, I, Kubo did a fine job of holding up the ball and getting his teammates involved. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's going to start right immediately after uh, starting on Sunday as well, I mean... I think uh, we got to give uh, maybe just a little bit of a spell here and put in Eric Lopez, possibly see what he can do, or Jackson Conway. I'm totally fine with either one right now uh, to kind of see what they can do. Let's kind of uh, try the goods out and uh, you know see what we got. But yeah, uh, because we know that yeah, I mean, just it it's a tell all. I think at that point of. The ball hit him in the face in <laughs> Kubo Torres, and he, yeah, didn't know what to do with it. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, there, there needs to be a killer instinct. And for us to score from the run of play, uh, yeah, I think he probably just needs to come on a little bit later and, you know, mm -hmm. just bring the energy for us, but not, uh, not a starter. But anyway, that's our 11. Uh, from what I'd like to see the team do this game, uh, more the same in terms of being able to score from the run of play. Uh, and then, yeah, keep that lead if we can get a lead. Mm -hmm. uh, I know this is going to be on the road. It's going to be a tough NYCFC side. But uh, I think, you know, uh, we're able to, I think, uh, you know, do some damage to this team if we're yeah. just, uh, you know, we, we really need to, I think, um, bear down and... Uh, just really try to create these chances that yeah. we know the team can make. It's just a matter of whatever it is. This team, um, yeah, there's just levels of uh, levels of this that frustrate. But anyway, yeah. uh, anything for you? Uh, just uh, more decisiveness, I think, uh, particularly on the counter. It's just better mm -hmm. decision making. Um, I think we still saw a little bit of uh, not the not always the best decision versus Philadelphia. Right. So uh, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that clean up. And then, yeah, pretty much everything else you said, you know, especially like being clinical, being solid. You know, I believe in this team's ability to keep the ball. It's just the rest of it, I think, has to come together. Right. And uh, so uh, let's get into the odds. It's uh, 19% according to three, bet three six five for LA United. Uh, draw at 23.1% and NYCFC have a whopping 64.5% chance to win this match according to the odds so uh, yeah with all that being said let's get into the score prediction <laughs> yeah unfortunately I'm siding with the odds um, I do think it's going to be a really tough game and I think uh, NYCFC pull it out 2-1 yeah uh, I I don't know why but I think we can pull out a draw here 
they might take a lead early and then we kind of you know bring the the fire and kind of uh, bring it back and level it so I think it's 2-2 two -two. Uh, I don't know where the goals are coming from you know we'll, we'll count on some uh, some own goals or some deflected whatever uh, however they go in I don't care right now but uh, <laughs> yeah right I just I want results yeah and uh, that will be okay with me on the road but anyway what do you guys think let us know in the comments below but guys that does it for the match preview and pretty much the entire show except for the question of the day the question of the day is who would you start up top against NYCFC on Wednesday let us know in the comments below and that's it for us today remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings for Mark I'm AJ thanks so much for listening